This is the Data Privacy Detective, and, and today we're turning our spotlight on Brazil, the giant of South America, which has just adopted a comprehensive personal data privacy code. And with us to understand what's going on is Tiago Sombra. Tiago, boa tarde. Thank you for joining us. Obrigado. Uh, Tiago, you're a- Thank you, Joe. Uh, such a, a pleasure being back. It's a great pleasure to be with you. And uh, Tiago, you're, you practice uh, data privacy and technology law at the uh, premier Brazilian law firm, Matos Fio. Uh, I think, are you in the Sao Paulo office? I'm based in Brasilia, the capital. In the capital, oh, very good. And I think you've, uh, in your background, you've been state attorney, uh, a, a deep background in uh, representing the uh, the government uh, aspect of Brazil. And now you're, of course, advising uh, the private sector. So let me just start, uh, Tiago, by asking, is, is Brazil's new code, which uh, became effective in uh, the middle of uh, September 2020. Is it like GDPR? Is that how we should understand the basic approach? Yeah, this is a great question, Joe. Um, most of all, I, I would like to thank you for this invitation, this opportunity to talk and explain a little bit about what is happening in the current scenario in the country. Uh, well, just to give you a very short uh, brief of what has happened, uh, Brazil was in a very uh, difficult situation in the sense that all the South American countries had a data protection legal framework in place, and only Brazil was uh, Brazil was in an isolated position. And at that time, Brazil was trying to apply to be a member of the OECD, and one of the requirements of the OECD would be have a data protection legal framework in place. So at that time, the country and, and the executive branch decided, well, for us, it would be more interesting for our economic activities to follow the European Union model instead of looking for other models such as the APEC group, Canada, Australia, or, the, or other ones. So based on these premises, Brazil followed most of the GDPR premises. Uh, the Brazilian data protection law is pretty much aligned with the GDPR. So I wouldn't say that this is uh, a slightly uh, GDPR, but again, there are a lot of point, point of contact in between both legislation. Uh, I would probably say that something like 50 or 6% of our uh, uh, data protection law is pretty much aligned with the GDPR. Yeah, let's go through some of the differences. Let me just start, uh, Tiago. Uh, personal data is defined very, very broadly uh, in the European Union. Uh, is that the same in Brazil? It include things like uh, email addresses and this sort of thing? Very broad definition, is that what we see? Yes, Drew, uh, we have the same, the same broad definitions. Uh, indeed, it seems that uh, uh, at this preliminary stage, I would say that uh, the broad definitions uh, also uh, uh, requires more concrete uh, guidance from our data protection authority. And this is a very relevant topic, most of all because although the law is in force, the Brazilian data protection authority is not in force yet. So that's the main reason right. why- You still have to have people appointed to it and, and yeah. it all lies yeah. ahead. Is that right? 
Yes, this is right. And, and since the authority is not operational yet, the authority has not issued its own guidance in order to make the concepts, the broad concepts, even more concrete. And this is creating a lot of difficulties to companies to understand the concepts of the law, the culture aspects of the law, how to implement and follow the relevant steps at this preliminary stage. So uh, right. here we are having, we are facing difficult, difficult, uh, 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 more difficult challenges if we compare with the reality that happened in Europe when GDPR entered into force. Because although GDPR also has broad concepts, at that time the Data Protection Authority were uh, already in place and in condition to issue its own guidance and to prepare uh, and, and to provide. Uh, uh, relevant information to the to the companies. Right. Well, Europe had about 20 years under the directive, and, and uh, so it, it's not as though it's starting just afresh. So we'll see what the authority does once it's in place and so on. But let's uh, let let's just let me ask you the next question. I think what most businesses learned from GDPR when it came out, and there was a big rush to understand it. One of the big lessons is the first thing you do to a business should do is to do a, a data map, figure out what data do you have, and then do a risk assessment. And uh, this is very much part of GDPR. Is that also in the uh, Brazilian code? That uh, those first steps. Yes, the, the first steps. The first step in, in in all kind of implementation that we are uh, doing in the country for companies is the data mapping. The data mapping is how. Uh, the companies has the broad perspective, the photography of the data flow. So uh, it's almost impossible to follow the, to provide gaps or, or to prepare uh, policies or try to amend contracts if you don't have a clear perspective of what kind of data you are collecting uh, from the beginning. So the data mapping is the first step. Uh, the, the, I would highlight here, Joe, that we did most of the the method most of the methodology that uh, firms and companies adopted in Europe. We did the same here. So data mapping, a gap analysis, and implementation proceeding. All these three steps are almost the same. We are probably doing the the, the same methodology in order to help companies to be in compliance with the law. Right. And I'm sure businesses are finding they have a lot more data than they think they do. You know, employees go on Facebook and it's part of the business data flow. And so what do you do about it? And okay. And let me let me go to the next one. Of course, one of the key points of GDPR is this great debate uh, that was resolved in Europe about is it express consent and that's it? Or is it also legitimate interest? Can either one work? So do you have in the Brazilian code this, these two ideas, do they, are they both part of the Brazilian code that express consent or legitimate interest? Or how's that going to work? Yeah, both. We, we have the same, the same lawful basis. Uh, these two are the most uh, controversial in the sense that uh, consent here, Joe, probably is one of the lawful bases that companies are leaving for the, as, a last, as the last alternative. They are trying to uh, uh, to uh, rely mostly in legal obligations or regulatory obligations because since Brazil is a very regulated country, it makes yes. more sense to try to 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 uh, rely in a legal obligation, uh, and, and 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 most of all because it's really uh, 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 it's really hard to deal with consent to prove yes, consent 
to provide the exclusion uh, of data or the, 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 the revoke of consent. So consent is something that we uh, are following uh, the same approach that companies and, and, and law firms do in Europe in the sense that we are leaving consent for the last, uh, as a last alternative. And also legitimate interest. Uh, legitimate interest is something even more interesting because since the authority is not operational yet and did not provided, uh, has not provided uh, the guidance uh, that will surround the concept of legitimate interest, such as the ones that we have uh, that were issued in the past by the Working Party in 29 and currently by the European Data Protection uh, Board, uh, companies are, are having more difficulties to rely in legitimate interest or are more worried about in, rely in legitimate interest in this uh, early stage. So these two lawful bases are something that we are struggling more in this beginning. I could understand you only that you can't ask for an advisory ruling, nobody to ask it from yet. So we'll yeah. see what happens, that's quite a challenge. I assume that uh, uh, a privacy compliant uh, notice must be put on uh, the website and uh, you know, use, uh, individuals have to be informed about that. And, and would I be right also, uh, any business with significant uh, uh, Brazilian uh, resident data should have an emergency plan in place. Is that part of the code also? Yeah, this is part of the code. So transparency, accountability uh, are the main principles that guide most of the practices be, uh, uh, under the law. So and provide notice is something that uh, would be a concrete aspect of these principles that are uh, highlighted in the law. So the principles are almost the same. And notice is almost a consequence of the message behind the principles that the law uh, uh, try to uh, 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 embed in the culture of the companies and the data subjects. Okay, well now a data subject, that's uh, any individual where a business has some personal data about the person. What happens if that person uh, uh, asks a business to delete the information, to correct the information? Uh, how quickly does a business have to respond in Brazil? What does the code say? This is a great question, Joe. Uh, and one of the differences in between uh, Brazilian data protection law and GDPR. So uh, trying to, uh, uh, to put together one question that you just made to me. Without the data mapping, you will not be able to provide uh, and to achieve the goal and to uh, fulfill this requirement. So first of all, a data mapping is something very important. And why a very uh, effective data mapping is so important? Because different from what we have in GDPR, where we have 30 days to provide access to a data subject, in Brazil, you only have 15 days. 15 days, half the time. <laughs> so with half the time and without a data mapping, a very uh, uh, well-prepared data mapping, you will not be able to provide the answer in between within 15 days. So this is where both, both, both subjects connect themselves. Uh, so 15 days is a, a shorter period. Yes. Uh, and companies are really worried about, in, about putting in place uh, some tech tools that would grant to them uh, the possibilities to provide the answers within the 15 days. This is, this is probably one of the most difficult topics in the implementation proceedings. 
it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And I, I notice there's a reference to undue delay also, which seems maybe we'll see when the authority uh, begins to act and what they say about it. But there may be some ambiguity there. Another one I wanted to ask you about is uh, uh, is this. I, I've heard some comment that Brazil's code is more flexible than GDPR. I mean, overall, would you think that's correct or not correct? Yeah, I, I would say that the, the law is more, uh, probably when, when someone says that, Joe, means uh, probably the message behind is because we have more lawful basis to compare with GDPR. Yeah. This is one, this probably would be one, uh, this would be one approach that would give this, this understanding. The second one is because the number, the, the amounts of fines are lower if we compare with the European Union ones. But what also I would like to highlight here to you, uh, talking about data subject uh, uh, requests, uh, deals with the verification process. Just, just making a step behind and try to answer again the question that you made me uh, before. Yeah. Uh, uh, when we talked about data subject uh, requests, data access is something very interesting because uh, 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 beyond the 15 days, we also, have, we also don't have, if you compare with GDPR, the verification process. So ah. in Brazil, we don't have a proceeding, a clear proceeding about verification. Okay. So yeah. this is another challenge that company has. They have to prepare their own verification proceedings. Very interesting. Uh, what, what about uh, cross-border transfers? Uh, GDPR, of course, changed a bit the the fact that you don't have to have a server located in the EU, it's a different approach. So there's not the data localization that you see in, let's say, China or Russia or India. Uh, how about Brazil? Do you have to have all uh, uh, data kept in Brazil or is it a similar approach to uh, the EU approach? Yeah, we have a very similar approach with the EU. We don't have data localization. Uh, okay. There was a lot of discussions behind if, if data localization would be uh, the best way to proceed. However, Brazil followed the approach that happens in the EU in the sense that it's much better have an, a law that produces extraterritorial effects in the sense, mm -hmm. let's try to achieve companies that process our data abroad instead of uh, dealing with data localizations that probably would avoid investments in the country and something like that. So data localization is something that we left behind. So we follow the extraterritorial uh, approach, which I do believe uh, is a more dynamic and a more modern uh, way to proceed here. Uh, and, and much more like the uh, EU approach. So will Brazil need a, a, a privacy shield? Of course, Europe just threw that out with the United States. I mean, will Brazil consider the U.S. Uh, to have a similar treatment, or how's that going to be approached? Yeah, this is interesting. Brazil, uh, at this moment, Brazil is negotiating a commercial agreement with the U.S. in order to grant the, the, the cross-border data transfer. Uh, I do believe that the U.S. tried to follow this approach uh, after what has happened with shrimps too. So yeah. uh, U.S. is dealing with the difficulties to transfer data to uh, Europe, so they are trying to find other commercial partners that could grant the transfer for or, or data centers that could be positioned in other countries in order to allow 
these commercial uh, 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 transactions and also the cross-border data transfer. So we are negotiating a, a, a commercial agreement with the U.S., which will enable uh, the free flow of data. Uh, however, today, what we have here, Joe, is pretty much similar with the tools that are enshrined in GDPR in the sense that we also we do have SECs, the, the standard commercial, the standard contractual clauses. Yeah. We have codes, seals, stamps, uh, and we have consent as a, lot, as, as a, a possibility to provide uh, data transfer as well. But again, the difficulty at this uh, stage is that since the authority is not operational yet, right. the authority has not issued its own models, its own SECs, its own BCRs, uh, it's, uh, uh, the, the way they will proceed with codes accounted. So most of our clients are dealing with the aspect that how, what kind of SECs, what kind of BCRs should we adopt at this moment to transfer data to Brazil? And one of our advice would be, again, this is not the best way, this is not the best advice, but try to proceed with the European Union SECs models and the BCRs that you have in place. Meanwhile, the authority uh, uh, has not did not uh, issue its own models, its own guidance on this topic. Well, stay tuned. In other words, we'll see what uh, what happens. One last question, perhaps. There's so much to talk about, but th does every business now uh, that has any significant uh, uh, well, let me ask you: is is there a de minimis or a threshold test? I mean, if I'm a a multinational company and has a date of, let's say, 50 Brazilian citizens and residents. Uh, do I have to handle, uh, you know, is there any threshold? Is there any de minimis test? Uh, Joe, sorry, could you repeat? Because Yeah, uh, is, is there any de minimis test or threshold for how much uh, personal data of Brazilians do you have to have before a foreign company uh, has to start complying? Yeah, we don't have a specific threshold here. Uh, uh, the three applicability, the three hypotheses of applicability of the law are directed to the collection of data in the country, processing any any kind of processing of data in the country, and offering services of good services and goods to uh, the Brazilian market. So uh, there is there isn't a, a, a specific threshold. If you are targeting. Uh, individuals in the country, if you are offering services and goods in Portuguese language or offering services and goods in Brazilian reais, which is our, our coin here, uh, the authority may consider that you are looking for the Brazilian markets and offering services and goods and may understand that the law uh, is applicable for this data processing activity, even though there isn't a, a, a more concrete threshold or a more concrete uh, 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 matter of application here. So, just to take an I, example, let's say uh, a U.S. company or European company is testing a vaccine, and they they want to have a little test done of 50 people in Brazil, collecting obviously sensitive data, medical data. Uh, they would be covered, probably. Would you say? Yeah, I would say yes, because they are targeting, they are offering services and goods in Brazil again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, Research and public research, uh, health research and, and health data are, are, are one of the lawful bases that would grant this data processing activity. However, uh, there is, it is very likely that the authority understand that this data processing activity is uh, subject to our territorial scope. And, and again, Joe, this is on another very interesting topic.
JDPB issued guidance about material scope, territorial scope of application of GDPR. We don't have nothing similar yet. I do believe that in the future, we may have a guidance in the sense that, well, I'm not established in Brazil, and I don't have properties in the country, but I am a website based abroad where Brazilian right. individuals can uh, uh, purchase. Can order goods or services, and so here Am I subject to yeah. the law? Because uh, in other words, I could say, if I am subject to the Brazilian law, I would be subject to every kind of law in every jurisdiction across the globe. Yeah, that's uh, part of the problem businesses face, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and if you're subject to the law, do you have to now appoint a data protection officer? The controller, uh, the controller, it's, it is mandatory that the controller appoint a data protection officer. Uh, How about processors? Yeah, processors are not are not are not uh, subject to this uh, legal obligation. Uh, only controllers. Okay. And, and what is most interesting here is that uh, every company is a controller in a specific aspect. Uh, if we are looking for an infrastructure company or a B two B company. At least for their data employees, the employees' data, they are they are controllers for one specific data processing activity, and at least for this one, they will be they will have to appoint a DPO. Very good. Well, we have so much more to talk about, but we try to keep these podcasts a certain length. Let me just ask you one last question. I understand there have already been lawsuits uh, filed, uh, not by the authority because it doesn't exist, as you say yet. Uh, someday it will but by private parties that can try to enforce things if they think they're rights. And I think even the public ministry of uh, the federal districts and territories has filed a lawsuit uh, involving uh, something. But let's not, we'll talk about that next time we get together. But uh, let me, let me uh, ask you just this last question. If you're a business anywhere in the world that, that is uh, a controller or a processor is holding and processing information of uh, any significant number of uh, Brazilian citizens and residents. What's your immediate advice? Yeah, my immediate advice is try to understand the differences uh, uh, of what you have done in Europe and try to compare uh, if it is required in Brazil. There are some differences. Uh, it is very relevant to map what are these differences and how these differences impact the business in the country. Uh, and the second advice, Joe, probably would be try to understand whether you, are you looking for the Brazilian markets and targets individuals here in order to better understand uh, how risky is this data activity uh, to be subject to a private, uh, uh, a, private a, a lawsuit or a class action or something like that. Most of all, because we do believe that litigation in this uh, early stage will be something, uh, will be a hot topic. Uh, not only prosecutors will be tried to enforce the law uh, in this meantime, but we will see a lot of associations trying to file lawsuits in order to grant. We saw to that last week plenty of data subject requests of access of data, but also deletion. But again, I do believe that lawsuits uh, issued by uh, uh, associations will be uh, a trend at the early stage. I think you're probably right. We're recording this uh, September 25 of the year 2020, just a week after the <laughs> the law is effective and already uh, a great advice from you, Tiago. Well, Tiago, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your advice. And as always, I will sign off. Remember, protecting your personal data begins with you. Thank you, Tiago. 
Obrigado. Obrigado, Joe. Such a pleasure. <laughs>